name's Ellen. And my name's Mel. Each week we take a look at a different trope in huge collection of Destiel fanfiction. And this week, um, this is we're recording this on the Sunday after episode 18, so we haven't seen episode 19 yet, for instance, but if you want to hear about the fix that we're going to talk about, we're going to do them first, and then we're going to bring you the spoilers at the end of this of this episode so um, when you hear Sam say his little spoiler warning um, you can switch off and come back to it later if you want to Um, we're going to talk about the events of 18 so spoiler alert Um, but we're also going to bring you some fix to escape the stresses of of this crazy week with um, some happy endings to make things better and one of our favorite tropes for doing that is fake relationships. Uh, this week we are very excited to introduce our guest and friend, um, Follow Your Energy. Hello. Welcome. Hi, uh, I'm Follow Your Energy on AO3, but you can call me Mary here. <laughs> it's a lot easier, much less of a mouthful. <laughs> cool, <laughs> thank you. Okay, so links to all of the fics that we're talking about today are going to be available um, in this episode's post on mixtakebookclub.com. Um, we're going to be talking about Mary's story um, option C, and then two other fake relationship stories that we were very fond of. So the first fic we're going to talk about today is um, Option C by Follow Your Energy. Um, it was published in 2020, which at, like back the start of this year before all the world went crazy. Um, so it's 63,000 words long and it is explicit. And the summary goes like this. Dean Winchester and Castile Novak thought that their senior year of college would be the best year of their lives until they find out the apartment they're renting has also been rented to someone else. Given three options, they choose option C, live together for the year and make it work. When roommate Vaughan turns out to be a conceited jerk with very different political views and values, best friends Dean and Cass scheme to push him out by any means necessary. Those means become an elaborate game of fake relationship antics, which would be fine if Dean wasn't secretly in love with Cass and Cass hadn't sworn off dating friends. As the games escalate, will Dean be able to cope with the feelings that just won't go away? And will Cass stick with his vow or will his feelings force him to find another option? Actually, this is really great timing to talk about this fix since um, their roommate is like a Trump supporter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's dive right into that. Okay. (laughs) Today also happens to be the day (laughs) Um, when we found out about that. This is really a momentous day to be recording anything, so. (laughs) It really is. Mary, I really love this fic. It's it's, it's such a great um, sort of example of fake relationships in that um, obviously both Cass and Dean both have feelings for each other but neither of them actually know and then they're thrown into this situation where they are forced to actually act on those feelings without breaking their own hearts right right yes and and you know of course they have to do that without talking to each other specifically about everything going on because that's how else do you work a fake relationship trope i mean how else would they still be them (laughs) that well right exactly (laughs) <laughs> so I guess we need to explain a little like if, I mean the summary did a great job of explaining but basically their their roommate um Vaughn just doesn't want them there and is a real kind of asshole. Well put. 
mean, I think that's a good descriptor of Vaughn. Um, so yeah, so they they have both rented this apartment, but there was a mix up, and so this this guy Vaughn and somebody else. Um, also rented the apartment and so well there, there there's no housing left around the the campus so they have to make it work or they decide to make it work and um and, and so they try to but uh vaughn is as you said an asshole and he's um and he has very different political leanings uh than uh dean and Cass do uh and so and dean and Cass kind of have their own stuff <laughs> that, yeah. uh, as they always do, that sort of keeps them from uh, being, uh, being, being able to be together at, at first. And, um, but they do have uh, a very close friendship. They are best friends and they uh, have a, a mutual desire to get rid of their uh, roommate. And so, as the summary says, by any means necessary. And so they decide that the means include, um, essentially uh playing on his uh biases <laughs> and you know pushing every button that that they think he has that's right uh he's um i just love that it just gradually escalates more and more and um you know it gets a bit more as it gets more and more explicit you're sort of as as we're reading it, we end up sort of shouting at them like, "Get with the picture! Like, come on, you just speak, just talk to each other, just tell him." But um, oh yeah, the fanfic yelling is strong with this one. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, it's like that in every fic with these guys, but you know. Yeah, it's especially wonderful here because they're obviously both, in, in some ways, enjoying what they're doing and where they're going with this um but at the same time they both have that kind of feeling in the back of it where they they know it's not real and they keep kind of trying to remind themselves of that not very much enjoying doing so <laughs> but yeah. as, as a reader it's wonderful because you just sit there like guys really <laughs> <laughs> well and as the reader too you you kind of know what their hang-ups are a little bit and and interestingly they even sort of know what each other's hang-ups are a little bit about it and so they're trying to be respectful and also because of their own hang-ups they have a hard time sort of picturing that the other one could really be into them like that and that it could work that that this you know that they won't utterly screw up the relationship somehow and you know it's that classic yeah. sort of I don't want to lose him. I don't want to lose the friendship. I don't want to lose, you know, what we have. But I love him, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you've got quite a few um, sort of references to, I guess, college years life kind of thing. like, Which um, was really hard because it's been a while since I've been in college, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, that are any of them based on real experiences? Like, yeah, I think I might have asked you this before. but um, Oh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean. <laughs> no, I meant the, the recipes and the, like, um, you know, being part of the, the society for, you know, being a, an educator oh. or whatever, how would you describe yeah. that? Mm -hmm. So I was a peer educator for yep. sexuality uh, in college, and it, and it was a really fun experience. And I did go, like Cass, Cass and Charlie are in this fic, 
So what that entailed was I basically, um, we would do little one hour programs uh, at different uh, dormitories around campus. And um, and we would talk about different sexuality topics. You know, we might talk about the sexuality spectrum or we might talk about safer sex. That was a popular one. um, STIs, things like that. And so uh, we, we would go all over the place and we had our bag of goodies, uh, <laughs> you know, that included uh, models and things like that. And yeah. so one of the things that happens in, in this fic is that um, they try to um, gross him out, I guess, for lack of a better term that I can think of at the moment, um, by putting the, the penis model uh, smack dab in the middle of their table, uh, the, <laughs> which yes. is something I actually did to uh, my my roommate's um, my roommate's boyfriend because um, he annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and he was sort of um, yeah, <laughs> he had a reaction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Why is it there? And I mean, you know, just that sputtering sort of thing. And you're like, what? It's a penis model. What is your problem? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you don't know what that is, then clearly he needs the peer education. Perfect that- segue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Luckily, I didn't run into anybody who is uh, homophobic like uh, Vaughn is uh, in, in this fic. So I was, I was very fortunate about that. But I did run into a lot of people who had a very difficult time um, talking about sexuality in, um, you know, in a way that was uh, respectful, I guess. Okay, so I was going to ask initially if Vaughn was based on anybody, but I should probably avoid <laughs> directly asking that one, um, <laughs> just in case Mary wants to, you know, maintain relationships with that pe- person if they ever hear about Uh-oh. us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not, he's totally made up, though. I, I didn't have anybody like that, so. Because that's the thing, I think Vaughn is while at the same time being sort of a stereotype of a person, mm-hmm. we've all known or heard of a Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. and he is an asshole. And to coin a really unfortunate phrase, I, I'm, I'm here to, to compliment you on your asshole right now, Mary, because <laughs> he's, he's very much the villain of the piece here. And, and you know, you, you do hate him as point at points as you're going through. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was done really, really well in this is that you give Vaughn reasons for being the way he is without ever giving him excuses for being the way he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, because, you know, I, that was tricky. That was really tricky to write because I, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to give him excuses. There, there is no excuse. He knows better. Uh, but you know, yeah, he had stuff happen to him. Uh, and you know, but lots of people have the same sorts of situation that Vaughn does. Um, and, and they aren't horrible people, you know? So, you know, some, you know, it's like that nature nurture thing kind of, you know, that, that people face in their development. And he, uh, yeah, he, he just wasn't a very nice person person and he just didn't come around and he just he was I I purposely made him a bit narcissistic so if you you know look at you know sort of the criteria for um, the narcissistic personality disorder or whatever he he fits the bill (laughs) you know and so he and and so yes there are reasons there are things that happened 
that uh, sort of colored his view. Um, but ultimately, he um, he definitely was was not uh, kind. He did not grow and learn and uh, build tolerance or acceptance or anything like that that um, lots of other people are capable of doing. Yeah, everything that Vaughn did was a choice. And, yes. Uh, a very bad choice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much so. And I did, you know, I did get a, a little... A little feedback uh, about that, you know. I remember hearing. I, I don't. I don't get a lot of negative comments, but I did remember. I do remember someone kind of being like, "Oh, you know, geez, you know, sometimes people are just assholes." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I agree with you." <laughs> you know. Yeah. But the thing is, if you question them, that they aren't going to agree with that. They are always going to think they have their reasons for being the way they are. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, yeah, Vaughn absolutely 100% believes that he is in the right and, and you, and you won't convince him otherwise. Yeah. So Dean and Cass try pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they're not trying to convince him otherwise. They're just trying to get him out. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. But they're just highlighting the worst parts of him. They're, they're just handing him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Handing him the method of his own execution right there. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Well, we can ask about um, actually writing the fic for this one, because for me, writing fake relationships is one of my absolute favorite things. Like, they're one of my favorite tropes for a reason, um, because mm -hmm. I love that whole setup, like being able to, it's, it's almost like next level mutual pining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're forced to actually face it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's mutual pining with like a forced resolution. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when you went into it, did you sit there and plan out kind of like the two sides of it? Like Dean's going to do this and Cass is going to do this and then something external will happen and they'll react to it like this? Or were you more focused on kind of the, the plot of it and then working that in after? Because I'm always kind of curious how people approach fanfic because it's usually so character driven. So were you planning their relationship first or were you mostly using the plot that you had going? Um, you know, you give me a lot of credit for planning this and, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I did actually outline it, which I don't usually do, but, uh, I did outline it a bit of, okay, well, they, here, here's what I know about them for that, you know, they're best friends. Um, you know, Cass has this in his background and that's why he, you know, would be reluctant to get into a relationship uh, with Dean. Dean has this in his background. That's why he'd be reluctant to get into a relationship um, with Cass or, or with people in general and the same with Cass. So, um, so I, I sort of have, I have had an idea of their characters and then I outlined, okay, so how exactly are they going to you know, step by step, what are, what are they going to be the, the phases or the trials that they're going to go through? Okay, well, first they start by, you know, how they decorate the, the house and, and what they do uh, with the house. And then they go into, uh, you know, bringing around the, you know, ultra gay friends, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And then they go into the, you know, and so it escalates and escalates. Um, you know, I, I mostly stuck with that, uh, but not completely uh you know because i and i know you guys will probably agree you know stories do what they want the characters do what they yeah. want oh yeah <laughs> right and so before we know it it's it's their story and we're just around along for the ride and you know they're they 
they're making us write it the way they want it. <laughs> you know, these characters want it. And so um, that's kind of, I don't know if I'm answering your question exactly, but uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the approach I took. And I really love character driven stuff. And, and I really, it's important for me that the characters are, are true first. And, you know, because that tells me how they react to the plot. That tells me everything, you know, uh, about the plot and where the plot's going to go. Now that actually does answer my question really well, actually, just because one of the things that I noticed with fake relationships is that I was actually outlining that less than I would an ordinary fic. And I realized after a while, it's because it's such a character driven trope that I'm being led through it by their own stupidity a lot of the time right <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter what i want they have an agenda <laughs> yes uh-huh. yeah absolutely yeah they can't guess they're going to dictate uh when they're ready to actually tell the truth or i guess outside forces might act as well to make them force the truth out of them right and you have to you have to sort of build up to to that point i mean you have to create the crisis you know, or whatever that, that makes them, you know, eventually that, that tips the scales, I guess. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. you know, which is always like so delicious, isn't it? It's just so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, what a crisis you went for without any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually one of my favorite points in the fic where everything kind of comes to a disastrous head. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Disaster. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was something, and it was a lot of fun actually to to sort of write all that and and see how they would all react to it. And um, boy, the uh, that that one part with the the landlords and um, that was fun. That was it felt uh, like vindication. <laughs> yeah. One of the other things I actually really enjoyed in this fic as well was the language that you used throughout it. Like even when you've got all this tension going on and and there's so much drama going on in their lives. Like they never failed to make me chuckle with the the basically <laughs> dumb college speak they very deliberately use with each other. They yeah, some amazing bantering and jokes actually. <laughs> like, very funny. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, I had to dig deep and actually consult people much younger than me because uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not in college anymore. And, you know, so that was, that was fun. It's always tricky, I think, Um, you know, this is not so much fake relationship. And this is this is more, you know, like, age driven and and character driven, but uh, talk, but, uh, you know, when when you're writing a fic, that's not um, in your comfort zone or in your knowledge base, you know, I mean, yes, I went to college. And so I had some of that, but I'm not in college these days. And so how does that look different? And how do how do um, people of that age speak differently now and that sort of thing. And so there, even for sort of a light, you know, a little romp, like that's not that light, I guess, but uh, a little romp like this, you have to do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it was fun. It was fun research. And, uh, you know, they, they're pretty playful with each other. And I love writing that banter. And uh, I loved some of the, the language that they used, the euphemisms they came up with and, and whatnot. Yes. They're, they were just fun. Well, you had me convinced that they were college students, but it's also been a while for me since I was there. So, ah, oh, bless um. you, Ellen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you both love about um, 
fake relationship. I mean, you know, Mal, you did it really well in Russian to the Altar, um, for example. Yeah. But, you know, what what do you both love about fake relationship? And if if we want to talk about this question later, that's fine. I know we have two other fics to, to look through, too. But I'm, I'm always curious because it's one of my favorite tropes, too. I think my favorite thing about it is um, that idea of kind of wish fulfillment and how they're mm. getting getting what they want without being able to keep what they want and I think I love the the juxtaposition of being able to write that being able to write them getting all the things that they want but having all those feelings of not being able to keep it or so they think right yeah yeah it's like a genie grants them that wish but they cannot or like Cinderella you know they can have it but they yeah. can't so long and yeah then, very much so I, I think mine's favorite thing about it is the same reason but it's sort of like what I really like is when like this is not just for uh, for um, fake relationships but when um, a character thinks they've 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 got something and then it either turns out they don't have it or they think they see something and they think oh I don't I don't that yeah. person doesn't like me or whatever that little angsty kind of feeling is so delicious. I'm a horrible person for saying this, <laughs> but I really, I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think we get a bit of that in, um, in here where um, I'm not sure, sure if it's so much in here because they're both so focused on each other that they don't have that kind of jealous feelings coming into it at all, but, or, or much anyway. Although I guess there is a little bit with, with like some of their friends yeah, there's a there's a couple of there's a couple of points of of um, quick quick jealousy, I guess. You know, there's there's one at a party where um, one of them thinks the other uh, is, is sleeping with somebody at the party uh, because they were told that, um, yeah. and that evolved pretty quickly. And the other one is you know when they actually try to set up um, <laughs> set up a scene and the scene goes sideways because one of their friends. Um, uh, you know, says something, and they 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 go from fake to real. They, have, you know, they end up. Oh, that's the best part of it. it. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> when all of a sudden everything becomes real, and then they're actually really um, having a fight or whatever, and it's like, wait a second, wait, <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? Suddenly everything is real. Oh, right. So good. So for fic number two, we are going to talk about Professional Couple Only by Salty Feathers on AO3. Um, this is a slightly older fic. It was published back in 2015. It's 37,000 words, um, and it is mature. As usual, I will say that I feel like the definitions of mature and explicit have changed over time. Um, so, But just bear that in mind if you're reading this fic or any other um, fic that's that's not gen, basically. Um, yeah. And the summary for this week is very short and simple. Um, there's a haunted apartment building in Vermont, and the ad says, professional couple only. Dean and Cass rise to the occasion. So this is a canon case fic, um, which has that delicious fake relationship built into it. So there's, there's also a lot of Sam in this fic, a lot of Sam saves the day, a lot of long-suffering Sam, um, and a, a pretty good kind of case to kind of dig your teeth into as well while they're sorting out their disastrous selves <laughs> so <laughs> yes. this is this is one of my favorite picks i've read this multiple times like i said it has been around for quite a few years now 
Um, so what did everybody else think of it? Oh, yeah. I, I'd forgotten how much I love this fic. Like, um, I read it a while ago and then I reread it for this episode and, oh, my God, it's so good. It's just really good because it's, um, it's human cast, like season nine kind of, but obviously some kind of alternate um, canon where he ha- he didn't get kicked out of the bunker or um, didn't like regain grace for for whatever reason. So he is is human, although he has yeah. some kind of superhuman perks. I guess he's still he's still strong and he's still some things he can do. Yeah, I don't think they do like a big explanation necessarily. No, they don't. Happened in the story, um, it does say it says post season ten, so. Oh, postseason ten. Can, okay. Yeah. See, I'm we can sorry. kind of get the idea of some of the stuff that happened there and how they did things differently. Um, but it, it very much, you know, feels like it would fit into canon almost anywhere where we can reasonably have a human cast and be mm-hmm. divergent at that point. Yeah. I love canon-based relationship fix. I have to say, um, you know, because it it, it really sort of gives the gives us uh, you know the the Destiel uh, fans kind of something we really want in in that world you know something that we would always long for you know you you look for those you know little you see those little pieces and you grab onto those pieces that you see you know in in canon but you know and then again one of the one of the beautiful things about fake relationship is that it forces them to to be in a situation where they can express real feelings that they wouldn't otherwise express. And so in canon, I think that's um, particularly um, yummy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in canon, they both need a little help with that. So <laughs> forcing them to be able to express themselves. I mean, it's wonderful for us. It's probably a relief for everybody around them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, to to that point, one of the things that I really liked about this story, and I had I went back and reread it. Also, I'd read it quite some time ago, and and really enjoyed this story. But uh, there was bickering from the first chapter, uh, and Sam was yes. just a little shit, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> big date cast, and Dean's like no, <laughs> you know, and and I I I really enjoy that, you know that angle that a lot of writers take of of you know sam sam's in the know sam knows and sam's gonna be you know he's gonna be a little brother about it and he's gonna poke and uh that's so that much was teasing yeah we really need to do an episode focused on shipper sam one of these days yes um, yeah. i think we have to but this uh fic actually features one of my absolute favorite sam tropes which I've never worked out if there's a specific tag for, but it does turn up in quite a lot of canon case fix, um, which is where Cass and Dean are very busy dealing with their own baggage. And meanwhile, in the background, poor Sam is like doing acrobatics to get this case fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Sam saves everything. (laughs) He does, doesn't he? (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and he shouts at them about it too, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, like they really lean into that in this one. <laughs> yes, I love actually love um, Sam in this one in general because he's he's not he doesn't always play like a huge role in a lot of fix, even canon ones. Um, and I think he's very prominent in this one, um, especially at in inopportune moments. <laughs> like I yeah. think he he interrupts several Interrupting kind moves. of moments. Yeah, yeah. I think we're um, all 
big Sam fans around here, <laughs> um, yeah. especially when he can be used as, as well as he is in this story. I don't know if there's any actual, like, one of my favourite tags is Sam needs brain bleach. Um, <laughs> I don't think there are any moments where he actually walks in on them, but there's a few moments where it must be close. <laughs> Um, I remember, yeah, they were, he, I don't think he walks in on them, but uh, he does, you know, they're, I remember them bickering, you know, they're both stuck to a wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and even then right. they can't stop bickering. Right. <laughs> Sam's trying to like, hey, I'm trying to do this work here and you're not helping. You it's know? like pretty much at crack levels of hilarious in that part, actually. it Like, sometimes I think that writers take the crack a bit far sometimes but it's actually a lot like a real episode like they do that kind of crap in the real show yeah. sometimes yes. yeah very funny yeah the other thing that um i really love about this that's one of my uh favorite things especially in canon fic is that dean is extremely flustered the whole time <laughs> like he's full on panicking that um that he's forced to be in this relationship with someone who he really likes <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I love yeah sorry go on oh I was just gonna say I love flustered Dean I was just agreeing with you yes he's my favorite I love to write him flustered <laughs> yeah I really I really love writing him flustered as well I think it's because we we can compare it to how kind of like sexually confident he could be but yet as soon as you put some feelings in there he is done <laughs> like he just <laughs> he can't cope yeah. anymore and um <laughs> I, I really, really like that. So Even in canon, it, it's like um, with women, he's really smooth and, and sure of himself. But as soon as there's a guy involved, he's just a bit... Like several times he has been shown to possibly be blasted by guys in, in general. So um, that's when he's sort of unsure. So I just think it's a, it's a great reflection on that. Yep. And I, I love that kind of flustered flustered way of doing it because there's there's no way to interpret it as oh he doesn't care about this or this isn't for him it's more a case of oh no it's here what do I do now <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I, I think you're right actually with the um on a separate note the the fact that this is rated as mature but I they do actually get up to some stuff like I don't remember if there are any actual body parts mentioned but I feel like there may be, um, but like I said, those, I feel like those kind of ratings have just changed over time and what we expect for kind of different ones have changed over time. Um, but there is another very tiny trope in this that you don't see used as often, but cracks me up every time, which is mm -hmm. the mention of the frantic run to the drugstore for lube in the middle of things. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like surprise sex oh we don't have any stuff <laughs> we are not prepared <laughs> yep. but that yeah. won't stop us <laughs> no <laughs> it is not stopping us you mood. get in this car we are going <laughs> yep. yeah, I, I love that there's a mention of that um, especially because you know they've got this entire fake relationship set up like guys come on you had all this time <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't because they were too busy dealing with the lady upstairs and the going Say, to the. Were they were they dealing with that though? <laughs> well, not very well, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we don't want to spoil anything in the fic. Just read it and then you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. 
it's definitely a great fic, one that I recommend heavily if you are into fake relationships, if you're into case fics, um, if you're into some genuinely funny moments within fic, um, and if you and if you like Sam, I think like this is a must read if you're a big Sam fan. Yeah, they had a lot of almosts that I liked, you know, and that's one of the fun things about fake relationship too. There, you know, you, the the points where they almost give into their feelings or they almost, you know, say something or, you know, it looks, you know, that, that gaze into each other's eyes and, oh, you know, or they're, they're so close and then, you know, they get interrupted or something happens or, or one of them backs off because, oh my God, feelings or whatever, you know, and there were a lot of those in, in this one, I thought. Yep. Yep. <laughs> someone, or someone says something um, to them and then they end up all blushy and kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know how to describe that it's like you know like you guys flustered. are like everybody's flustered they're making it awkward for everybody at that point yes. <laughs> <laughs> i do love um how kind of sassy Cass is in this as well because obviously we've got different iterations of Cass that we can use from different points in the series but i i do enjoy it when you can have a more human Cass, and he has that kind of much later season like dry sassy humor that he has going mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and I, I love that they very much embrace that in, in this because obviously he is human now and um he's kind of kind of slowly settling into that and uh, how entertaining it is not only to hear Cass say these things but to have Dean react to the fact that Cass bites back now yeah. <laughs> and he kind of likes it yeah <laughs> I think he does too <laughs> One of my one of my favorite lines, and so if this is spoilery, you can cut it out. But Dean, Dean says, "I still can't believe you made me crawl out of my own fucking grave." <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with fake relationship, but I, I I do find it really funny. Yeah, I seem to remember that Cass's response to that was quite amusing as well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. we've all wanted that <laughs> at some point after watching it. <laughs> okay so moving on to um the third pick in our list is um called a crash course in computer safety and it's by follow that tardis and this one was only published last year in 2019 um it's 85,000 words long so slightly longer than the other ones um that we've spoken about and this one is also um explicit and this one was a um, DCBB fic from last year so it contains some artwork um, by Purgatory Jar. I feel like we talked about them last episode as well. Are they right Yes because I think they did the art for Bring Up the Deep actually just off yes. the top of my head. I think they did. So there you go. So obviously a very well-known fan artist that is genuinely adored and from the art in this fic you can see why. <laughs> Absolutely. And this one, is, yeah, was a DCBB. So I feel like we should probably say DCBBs are posting right now. So go get your fic, folks. There's a lot they of it. Are. And I can't, and so many, just as an aside, so many of them have already been posted, but they're only halfway through. I they're know. Like, Still malicious. Um, so much food. <laughs> I've only read like two or three of them. I feel terrible <laughs> to get on that. <laughs> There's so much great fic out there. It's it's hard to it, it, it's hard to eat it all. It's kind of like being at the table at Thanksgiving or something, and you want to you want to eat everything and 
you just can't just steal Christmas. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's Dean Winchester in a buffet. That's what that is. Like you, you just want to oh. keep them all on your plate and go for it. Well, that's that's a that's a vision, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Only if there's more there than salad. I feel like I just wrote about that. Anyway, no, <laughs> that's true. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, this fig. <laughs> Um, the summary goes, on the day of his 29th birthday, Dean receives an email from his old nemesis, Michael Milton, the guy who got him kicked out of college and stole his girlfriend. The email contains encoded images with top secret CIA NSA intelligence, and now their only copy is in Dean's brain. Both agencies send their best operatives, Castiel Novak and Victor Henriksen, respectively, to handle their accidental asset and protect the invaluable data in his head. To justify their sudden appearance in Dean's life, they adopt covers. Victor as Dean's new co-worker and neighbor, Cass as his new boyfriend. Needless to say, Dean's brother and his girlfriend are thrilled to see him in a relationship they believe to be real. Clearly there's no way this could go wrong. <laughs> um, so this is actually an AU of the, the TV show Chuck which I haven't seen. Have you guys, do you guys know this show? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, Mel, you need to give us an explanation of what actually happened in the show. I was a big fan of the show. Um, when it came out, I watched every single episode. I loved it. Um, and then I basically got super who locked at the end and threw it out the window in rage. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, uh, when I saw what this fic was based on, I was immediately scanning the tags like, I'm going to need you all to fix this. They <laughs> <laughs> had a bad ending, the original show? Uh, um, I don't think everybody had, well, maybe it was just the, the circles I was traveling in. I didn't personally know anybody that was happy with the way that they ended it. Okay. Um, but I'm, I imagine there must have been some people out there <laughs> that liked the way that they ended it. Um, yeah. And although this fic doesn't specifically tag that they changed the ending, it is, it is an AU, so it's, it's reasonable to assume that they're going to change um, some things in how it works. But as I was reading through, like going chapter to chapter, and I could see the final chapter getting closer and closer, <laughs> I was just like, come on now, <laughs> don't let me down. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you actually read it without knowing. <laughs> I, I, I must admit the temptation was there to message either you or Mary and be like, look, I just need you to skip to the end. <laughs> <laughs> and read like the last few paragraphs for me. <laughs> yeah. I loved this show too. I, I watched it every week also. I just fell in love with the characters and uh, it was really well done. And, and you know, the end I was like, ah, oh, you know, I really would have picked a different ending there. But, uh, but, but this story does deviate from that. And, uh, and this was a, a really great story. They did a really great job with it. So yeah, this is one of those AUs where the characters really fit, um, like the roles that they were given. Yeah. So obviously, you, you know, you find AUs of, of movies and TV shows and books, and sometimes there's a little bit of kind of wrangling that has to be done to fit the characters that we know into these these slots. And I did wonder if this was going to be like that, just because I was like, well, how can we have a Dean that, you know, doesn't know anything about guns or you know is, is this kind of computer nerd and all the rest of it um but actually i think they did it so well because reading him reading just just the minor kind of little details about how brave he is how he immediately thinks about how what he's doing is going to affect other people um how he keeps on going even though he is 
definitely not a spoiler to say at some points, basically terrified by all the things that are happening in his life. Um, but his reactions to it all are so very Dean that yeah. it never felt to me at all like there was any kind of, you know, trying to fit like a round peg into a square hole with this to get the characters to work right. Yeah, um, I thought that was the same with, with Cass because, um, you know, it's it fits the angel um, kind of format, I guess, because at the start he's just like a robot. He's just like doing whatever he has to to get this job done and to protect Dean um, no matter the consequences kind of thing. And um, as time goes on, he gradually opens up and um, starts doubting his orders i guess so um yeah dean very... very much teaches him how to be human here doesn't he yeah it reflects it reflects the actual um show canon kind of thing i felt with him so yeah i guess at the start there um it's almost enemies to lovers like it's sort of because it's literally enemies to lovers because dean thinks they're trying to kill him at the start i think doesn't he yeah Enemies to yeah. lovers with a, a lot of us thrown in. Like, this very attractive man is trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> me at first. And, you know, this, this was a, a fun and interesting, you know, it's interesting that the all three of the picks that you chose um, are a little different in how they approached that fake relationship. So, um, you know, professional couple only, they're canon and they, you know, sort of already have these really deep hidden feelings or whatever and um, and how they, they have to do it before a case, you know, and option C is, you know, they're already friends and, you know, but they have to, and, and they already love each other, but it's different, you know, because it's an AU and they're they're doing it for some other purpose. And, and this one, they're also doing it for another purpose, but only one of them knows that at the very beginning. <laughs> uh, the other one thinks, hey, he's into me, you know? and uh, finds out in a very um, unsettling way that, um, that, that it was fake or, you know, and, and so it's, uh, it's interesting the, the approach that, that happened there and how different it is than, than the others that you chose for today. Yeah, we did a good job there. High five. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, us. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I wanted to know then, um, is this, how close is it to the actual show? Like, one of the characters still gets all the in- information in their brain. Obviously, that's the main part of the story. But do they, do they still go and find like just does, does the main character flash on on people they see or you know extract yes, information? Yes, I would say that a lot of that kind of stuff is actually very accurate. Um, a lot of the events that happen in this story. So, for example, um, the character of Michael in this story. That's yeah. all pretty much exactly how it happened in the TV show. Um, how to toe the toe the line of spoilers here? <laughs> um, there's a part where they travel back to Dean's previous college um, and things like that, and that's all all stuff that was taken directly from the show and then completely, obviously, rewritten um, and made to fit these characters. But it it really maintained the feel of the show when I was reading it to me, but put my favorite characters all in there. <laughs> so. <Yay. laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really nice thing. It was interesting because in in this one, you know, like in the show, you know, they had to, you know, the the relationship had to be fake, not just between the two of them, but they had they had to be fake in front of everybody, um, you know. Yeah. So so nobody really except each other, and you know, they're the 
partner there, Henriksen, you know, could know that they weren't anything other than this, you know, wonderfully happy couple or whatever. And so um, it was interesting to, to kind of see how, how family reacted to that, you know, family and friends. So Sam and yeah, Sarah and, uh, you know, Charlie <laughs> and all of that. So, yeah, it was a little heartbreaking how happy Sam was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. I think one thing that we should definitely point out about this fic to anybody who's thinking about reading it, um, I think the way that it's written, you 100% do not need to be familiar with Chuck um, in any way to enjoy that fic. Um, no, that's right. I, I right. didn't, I have a clue, but I understood everything that was happening. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, everything is explained really well without there being any kind of like info dumping, um, which I think is, is because we are learning along with Dean here. It's it's Dean's point of view, and at least for the first kind of chapter or two, he doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> so uh, we we learn along with him, which really kind of adds to the tension of the fic, especially during the point you mentioned earlier, where um, he believes that you know that this is that this is real and things are going great. But obviously, because this is a fic, and we're still like in the first chapter, um, as a reader, we know that something is going to go catastrophically wrong. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I guess that we should mention that th this is completely from Dean's point of view. Um, so that, that does keep the secret kind of thing, that keeps the tension high because we don't know any more than he does. Um, yeah, whereas the other yeah. two fics that we talked about have alternating point of, points of view. Actually, professional couple only might be only from Dean's point of view. I think it's only from Dean's point of yeah. view. Yeah. yeah, okay. Forget I said that. Okay. <laughs> but, but it does... Keeping it just in one head is like a great way to kind of, um, especially if it's someone who doesn't know what's going on, it, it's a good way to show rather than tell, I guess, because you are um, you just will learn about things as the, that character learns about them. Yeah, which I think is why it's you know, such a good uh, choice to do this entirely in Dean's point of view. Though if people are curious about Cass's point of view, the author did actually write um, the first chapter through Cass's eyes as like a sequel to this. Oh, um, I was going to read that and yeah. I forgot. Okay, I'll have to go back and read that one too. Yeah, so you can kind of see what, what Cass was thinking all that time. I thought that, um, Mal, you can speak to this too, but um, I thought that Henriksen, you know, uh, Vic Henriksen was a good choice for um, his his counterpart in Chuck, uh, John Casey. I thought he was a really good choice. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. When I first started reading, um, I'm not super familiar with Henriksen as a character in Vic because we, we don't see him used a ton he's kind of there in the background sometimes yeah. um, and so I was like oh I don't know that I've ever seen him used as much as he is um, but as soon as they started writing him in my head I was like oh no this is this is perfect this fits I see why they did this because <laughs> um, uh, uh, John Casey was actually one of my favorite characters in the season I loved him he was great yeah. so Actually, but then I always like I always like the grumpy ones. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of secondary characters, um, you know how last week we were talking about that the, the fic that had Kevin's mom in it. Mm -hmm. and she is great in this one as well. <laughs> she's like, yes. She rides in on a motorbike and she's like kicking ass. And, like um, I will rescue my son. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Very good in this one too. <laughs> we love a badass mama tran. Yep. Uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. One of the other things I really liked about this, uh, it was it was a little different than the other two, is that 
the relationships sort of slowly developed over time versus the other two where, you know, they, they had that relationship kind of, you know. Um, but before this, you know, they they had been complete strangers until, you know, Cass walked into um, his Dean's store. It was nice to see that different um, track of, uh, you know, how fake relationship can be taken. You know, it's, it's unusual to have a fake relationship start when people are strangers. Um, so yeah, that's a really good point. I like that. Yeah, this is a falling in love fake relationship as opposed to we are already in love fake relationship <laughs> yes yeah. yes yeah you said that so much better than me thanks <laughs> oh, only because i'd listen to you first <laughs> well on the subject of um side characters that we really liked in this one um one of my favorites was obviously the choice to use charlie for uh dean's best friend and colleague here um, yes. because working from the show that's actually such a perfect fit for this like snarky funny nerd that at the same time doesn't really take any of Dean's shit <laughs> um, and one of the favorite things about this entire fic for me was actually seeing Dean have to work in that like customer service environment um, just because <laughs> <laughs> tiny real life spoiler here but it's fine it's fake I don't mind um, the job that um, Dean does in this is essentially quite a few years back what my husband used to do. Right, so okay. actually actually reading through this, there were so many little things that happened and I remember like, oh yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so you think maybe this author might have like followed that TARDIS may have sometime worked in a some kind of tech maybe, support role. <laughs> maybe or they they really did their research on the show and picked out <laughs> that like the entire kind of feel of how that is from that and put it in the fic very well. Um, because it, it definitely, there were points where I was just shaking my head like, yep, yep, that's a, that's a thing that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I loved how just, just done Dean was with it all, really, how it just kind of like washes over him and he's just like, well, this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were back on our bullshit. Let's go. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and the juxtaposition as well of him being like up all night doing spy antics and then going to work and <laughs> dealing with old ladies who can't work out how to unmute their phones. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, like, those two things were just great to me. Like, you can just imagine him, like, almost asleep on his feet, just like, yep, okay, please leave my desk now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because Cass, Cass's cover, um, when he's watching over Dean, is he's, he's working at an ice cream store. And so, you know, yes. he's like the you know, badass CIA, you know, officer uh, who who is scooping ice cream. And I can just imagine him in some, you know, funny looking outfit or whatever yes. um, with <laughs> stripes or whatever. And he's scooping ice cream and, and how, you know, when, when you know that this man has, you know, broken people's necks and <laughs> whatever. It's just talk about juxtaposition, right? It's weird, very strange. But it, it also sort of nicely plays off of that who is he really you know and and we and we hear about that a little bit later because dean is so curious about you know like who are you really tell me something real about you you know and um which you know i think we 
see a lot of in, in fix and even in canon, you know, like, tell me who you are underneath all of this. You know, if we didn't have all this BS happening in the world, who, who would you be really? Who do you want to be? Yeah, I think there's a really beautiful kind of canon mirror here as well, where part of the issue that Cass has in this fic is he's, he's been this spy for such a long time, for all of his life, moving from place to place and shedding different identities and different things that he maybe doesn't really know who he is. Mm. Um, and it kind of takes him meeting Dean to work out who he is and kind of find who he is again. Um, and I think there's definitely some kind of mirrors there to canon Cass and the fact that, you know, until he came to Earth in this particular vessel and jumped into Jimmy and got in on the supernatural story, um, he was just what he was told to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now he's his own person. His own angel. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess we have made this story sound like it's quite fluffy with like ice cream shops and um, tech support but in fact there's quite oh, a lot true. of action <laughs> um, there are they, they are spies they do you know shoot guns and stuff <laughs> so you know it's not just all <laughs> fluffy fake relationship stuff um, there is quite a lot of um, quite exciting action in this one yeah they don't shy away from that at all and it's uh, not confusing at all the way it's written. Um, I found like sometimes, you know, with action scenes, it's hard to keep track of where everybody's limbs are going and who's shooting who and what's happening. Um, just because you've got such a lot going on and we don't have the advantage of television where we can just pause yeah, and look around at all the characters, yeah. whatever we need. Um, yeah. But this fic was, was always very clear during the action scenes, exactly what's going on. And I appreciate that when I'm reading that kind of thing. Cause I love reading like that kind of like heavy, plot lots of action everything's going on high paced kind of fic um keeps you reading yeah it's really gripping i think we both i think we both said that to each other like very early on when we were saying oh i'm gonna start reading this one and you said something about being gripped by it um yeah i started reading it um i think one night and i was still up at like i don't know ridiculous time of night because i couldn't stop reading (laughs) i just i had to keep finding out what was yeah i started reading this fic and then uh, spoiler 1518 happened and um <laughs> disrupted my life for like a few days um yeah. and, I, and i really enjoyed it and i if like if that hadn't happened there was no way that i wouldn't have like immediately just read this fic but um as soon as i went back to it i binged this whole thing in one go um yeah. which obviously it's eighty-five thousand words so that's a decent meal right there um mm-hmm. but yeah i just sat there and binged this whole thing because not just the relationship was gripping, but actually the story itself. Like I wanted to know how everything was going to resolve. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get to a certain point in it, um, there's no stopping. Like you have to just know what's, what's going to happen. It keeps you guessing right up to the end. So very well done. Okay. So we have got a few more um, fake relationship fics that we can recommend. Um, it's quite a popular trope. Um, so there's plenty of them out there, but we've got a few here that we'll, Um, recommend to you guys and see if there's something that you haven't read that you'd like to have a go at. Um, The first one on the list is perhaps like a fan favorite kind of um, story and it's that's called In a Mirror Darkly and it's by Annie Ray and Muggle Rock. Um, It's quite a long fic, it's nearly 200,000 words um, but it's and also uh, very dark um, 
themes like so it has warnings for extreme violence and non-con elements so um make sure you read the tags um i feel like this also has like a dead dove do not eat tag on it so you know go into it sort of knowing what you're getting into like there's a lot of tags on this pic <laughs> but um having said that it's it's canon verse where um where dean and cass have to pose as like a almost a slave master relationship uh so it's it's a slightly different kind of fake relationship in that it's a lot darker um and they go into into limbo um, where it's there's a lot of demons and angels are quite different in this fic than than it is in canon so it's it's got some awesome kind of smut <laughs> um but yeah definitely a lot darker than a lot of the other stuff we've talked about so far but definitely a fan favorite that one i think mm-hmm um, another fic from this particular trope, um, which I'm very fond of, is called First Gentleman Wanted by You Are Sunlight. Um, this was a DCBB back in 2016. It's about 31,000 words. Um, and this is a political AU, which, don't run away, it's not dull in the slightest. <laughs> it's um, very, very interesting. Basically, um, Castiel is becoming president of the United States. Um, and one of the things that his opponents uh, like to say about him is, you know, they think he's not a family man because he's not in a relationship. Um, so his team sets out to find a picture perfect boyfriend. Um, and they find Dean Winchester. Um, unfortunately, Dean and Cass already have a lot of history between them um, in this fic. Um, but they do agree to embark on this fake relationship. Um, and it's very interesting to see how it all turns out. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mary? Did you want to suggest one too? Uh, you know, one of the ones that I really liked was The Cost of a Thing. Uh, and uh, it, it is canon. Um, canon diversity, I guess, um, after a bit there. But um, Cass becomes human and then um, he, he ends up leaving the bunker. And then they have to come back together to work a case, and uh, they they have to be a couple. Uh, and they they really sort of explore in this one uh, sort of the pain of becoming human, the pain of his leaving, Dean's guilt, and um, you know loneliness, and all, a lot of you know kind of heavy emotional stuff. Uh, and uh, it was really beautiful. A lot, a lot put into that 74,000 words <laughs> um, while they're working a case. Uh, you know, so, so there's a lot in that. And I, I think it's, uh, it's well loved. I know it has, it has really high kudos count. Uh, but uh, it's it, for good reason. It's, it's a really beautiful story. We'll put a list of all of these fix that we've talked about um, on the blog post that um, you, can, you can find on mixtapebookclub.com. Um, but for now, shall we do some spoilery chalk? Yay! <laughs> so, um... I feel like I've been biting my tongue the entire time we've been recording. <laughs> if you haven't watched up to episode 18, then you might like to turn off now and come back another time, um, because we are going to talk about what happened. Whoa, 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 spoilers. Let's talk about episode 18 despair <laughs> it's 
So I'm just thinking how funny it is that we decided to do fake relationships on the one week when we had a not fake relationship. <laughs> and so it's poetic justice. <laughs> yep, we deserve this. We told this into existence, maybe. <laughs> how are we feeling? <laughs> despair is one of them <laughs> yeah but, but not as much as I thought <laughs> uh, you know I'm actually feeling like just yeah it's a lot I going on I, I despair is is not really one of them for me though I think I thought going into it that it was going to be solid despair but the way that they did it gave me hope even though it still ended up pretty much how I thought it was going to end up um like the way that they did it turned that that despair into hope yeah yeah yep. for sure so I guess we should say that if you haven't seen it and you're wondering what we're talking about it is definitely that Destiel went canon <laughs> under <laughs> her oh that we were not expecting <laughs> I never so see in, that in a million years thought they were actually going to go there but then I was watching it with like my hands open my mouth just going oh, they're gonna do it oh my god <laughs> I think it's fine like the the array of different attitudes toward this that we've we've had all this time because there are definitely people who all the time were 100% like nope they are going to textually go there be patient there are there were people who were like mm, we might get some kind of subtext there are people who were like no they're never going to do it give up but I think we were just all unified in screaming for a few moments there like no matter what yes. your opinion was <laughs> we were all unified in one giant fan fandom scream at that point I mean I think we were sort of um I guess when we started doing this podcast we were the whole point was that the show was ending so the fanfic would continue and we whatever happened at the end would probably be very ambiguous and we would have to fix it. And now, here we are. <laughs> it's kind of happened anyway. Yeah. And I think it's actually like a wonderful gift because now we get to write whatever we want and always, I would say always have it be canon. There will still be a ton of AUs out there that we love and enjoy because we get to see it all over again in different circumstances yes. um but like the, the validation feels good <laughs> it does. absolutely i've actually really loved the um sort of the talk about how the writers um have done such a brilliant job of they've written themselves into the story as the villain for one thing um and made it so that they've allowed the story to take its natural course I guess because they've been building up to this obviously they've been planning this for a while and kept it very quiet except you know we all could see the the signs I guess um over the last few seasons but um you and know they, they said could... we were crazy you can't yeah. see me shaking my fist right now but <laughs> <laughs> I mean they could have easily have just ignored it all and just gone for I don't know what, but... Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who who 100% thought that that's what was going to happen, that they were... I hate the term queer baiting just because it's misused so often, but, like, there were a lot of people who that was their interpretation, and I'm not going to tell anybody that their interpretation is right or not right. Um, but I think, I think we were all, no matter where we were coming from, very happily surprised by that moment. Maybe yes. not so much the moment after. <laughs> Well, yeah. 
it is now tempered by the fact that um, the ending of this episode was so sad. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're all in the darkest place they can possibly be right now. But we do have two episodes to go, and I know that when people are listening to this, they will have seen what's happening in the next episode, so there'll be um, yes, some closure. Yes, people will have an advantage over us. <laughs> yes, we don't know what's coming. But um, there's a lot of people who have a lot of hope for a number of reasons that um, this won't be the last we'll see of Cass. So hopefully there'll be a little more Destiel to come <laughs> before the end. Definitely hopeful for that. You know, I, what I really loved about it, though, and uh, just that what really made him happy was to speak his truth. And we've seen that theme throughout, you know, that growth for, for all of them, um, you know, all of the uh, characters, but particularly for Dean and Castiel. And, you know, just I feel like, gosh, Castiel has arrived, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he knows who he is. He he you know, he knows what makes him happy. He he, he has spoken his truth and. You know, and that's the most free will thing you can do, <laughs> you yeah. know, is speak your truth. And so now, and that's why I have a lot of hope because I feel like as a writer, you know, in, in this narrative that they've written for 15 years and that they've built up to, Dean has to speak his truth. Yeah. And that truth is that he loves cats. <laughs> well, that's my fault. <laughs> we we will accept no other substitutions. <laughs> no, that's right. Well, but definitely a, a big standing ovation to Robert Behrens for the way that he handled that because th there were so many different ways they could have approached that. Even if they decided that yes, we're going to do this Dean Cass moment, we're going to have this be what the empty deal was about the whole time. There are so many different ways they could have handled it, um, and I think he handled it so beautifully by giving us that moment by giving us what we wanted but actually in a way not making Cass's happiness about Dean um yeah it, it, it is about Dean it's it's linked to Dean in, in a very close way obviously but like Mary just said it's actually it's it's him speaking his truth that gives him his happiness yeah. yes absolutely and that's you know I, I I just think it's so important as as they as they move on and, and, you know, try to break out of this story and break into themselves and who they are, you know, that's uh, what's more important than speaking your truth and, and finding happiness in yourself and, and in the being, <laughs> in the being who you are. And, um, yeah, I, I think, again, that's going to come right back to Dean, too. So. And I hope that, um, I mean, we've left, they've left this episode in a place where everybody's gone and, um, everyone has lost something like like that the scene where they were driving to get Eileen and she wasn't there and the text messages and it was just so heartbreaking um and I really hope that that we get her back that Sam gets her back so that um you know he can have some closure too sorry I was in a um a chat with a friend at the time I actually thought that I was going to end up watching this episode by myself because everybody in my house was elsewhere <laughs> I was like okay I guess I'm doing this one by myself no problem um but luckily one of my friends was available for me to like all caps at over discord <laughs> um and uh 
when that that moment with Eileen happened, I literally remember just being like, "If they don't finish that text message, <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like, oh my god." Um, actually, the tension and the way they did that, like, huge kudos on it. But I hate it. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> I would say that Rich did a great job on the um, on the directing for this episode. There was a lot of sort of, I guess big tense scenes like even the bit where at the end where the, all the people are disappearing and everything was just so terrifying <laughs> they did a I never job. wanted to lose Charlie twice y'all <laughs> no. that was so hard and they were all so terrified it was just mm. and Donna the way that she said Sam and then like I, my, my heart <laughs> I know. I'm a, like a huge Donna lover and just like the the way that um she played that for us the way that she acted it was so heartbreaking because you know that she knows what's about to happen to her she's just seen it happen to everybody else and uh it's so heartbreaking yep yeah it was really well done beautifully done well this episode has already spawned like a whole bunch of coders um it's only been a few Mm -hmm. days but the writers have been on it um as we do and even though like destiel is there uh, we've all added kind of I guess the funny thing is a lot of coders um, often involve like filling in a scene that might be explicit or you know just adding a destial scene somewhere whereas this one I haven't I don't think I've read any that have been explicit they've all been like oh actually no I have read one or two but they've all been more angst focused or you know making the ending happier um, yeah, and not in a sexy way, like just getting cats yes. back, basically. <laughs> so. It wasn't our us that needed <laughs> fixing for this one. It was our it was our hearts that needed picking up off the floor. That's right. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see the way that people have gone with their coders um, for this one. So I am collecting uh, a list of coders, and I'll be um, posting that on my Tumblr. So I'll put a link in um, the notes somewhere. If you're interested in reading coders for this episode, then um, I'll hook you up. Excellent, because I know I will be binging them constantly, at, at least until next week and far beyond, I'm sure. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to put it all together. But yeah, um, the ones I've read have been brilliant. So, yeah. I think that's amazing, though, like how many different ways that um, fandom writers can come up with to fix one just just one event in the show um yeah. that there are endless ways to change things and fix things and just just tweak things to your own preferences and that's even just within canon fig i mean there's a whole world beyond that which i think is one of the reasons why the the stories will never die i think even if we got handed exactly what we wanted in the show yeah. we're never going to stop reinterpreting that yes the story is not over until we say Love how you snuck that in there. <laughs> you know what? I wanted to tweet that like as the show was happening and I was just sat there and my brain was in like such mushy pieces at the time. I, I like couldn't remember it. I'm like, there's a thing. There's a thing you say. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of um, writers doing their thing, um, I did see a tweet which was by Natalie Fisher, who's like uh, a writer for Hyperbole. Um, so she tweeted about, um, she said that Canon Divergent Fix in the future kind of thing um, will be sort of branching off at 
episode 14 if you want to keep Dean and Cass and them like the group team team free will if you want to keep them hunting and mostly happy then episode 14 is kind of the branching point because Mm -hmm. after that is kind of when things started to get a little bit hairy um with God and Amara and all that stuff so um that will probably be like a kind of a watershed episode for people who um, want to actually just have a canon type fic where they're just doing cases um, and living in the bunker and being mostly happy because it's after, you know, Cass is back and they're, you know, I guess they're not fighting anymore. They're happy-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so definitely kind of a, a sweet spot that's been handed to us there. We've got so much to thank the writers for, but there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, still now, even a couple seasons later, the thing that I want to thank the writers for the most is just validating everything that we've done, essentially, by making Chuck the villain and making the writer in control of all of this. Um, Because by doing that and creating all those alternate universes, while obviously it's not, you know, canonizing fanfic, it gives us an, an endless world to play in and to feel like those characters can still be those characters yep absolutely i will say about coda writers uh, i i don't know how you're all are even writing i'm still i'm i'm still processing i'm like dean i'm still buffering here you know <laughs> <laughs> yes. wow. yeah i need somebody Pressed. to make a gif for me please of dean's face but then put a little buffering symbol over it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what was happening there <laughs> exactly well i've just been oh because i had to wait for like along like a, a day basically to watch the episode um I came to the party late <laughs> anyway so um I've just been basically camping twitter for like two or three days just screaming at anybody who would listen about this so today's really <laughs> been the first day when I've actually managed to sit down and put any words together it's yeah, been I wild blurted out a few words like immediately as the episode ended which is kind of funny because this is the first season where I like promised myself that I would not do any coders <laughs> um, because the, just the, I, I don't necessarily enjoy like the time sensitiveness of them. Yeah. Really good English. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I prefer to dig into whatever other stories I have going on. So I promised myself I wouldn't do that this season and I would just enjoy the show and enjoy other people's um, coders which I have been doing. Um, I broke that rule twice. (laughs) Um, And both of them, it was a case where the second that the episode stopped airing, there were words that had to come out. Um, The first first one being the the whole alternate universe that was hinted at where Cassiel took the Mark of Cain. Um, And the second one, obviously being this most recent episode where I had something big to fix. Which, by the way, I, I hope that that's how it's going to end up in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> well, I mean, don't hold your breath, but that's that's what I'm picturing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be very disappointed if it isn't. I think this this whole story that we've been watching unfold over 15 years, it's it's going to be, you know, just wonderful to, you know, at, by the end of the book, you we're going to kind of be able to then look back and see okay you know you can when you when you know the ending you can kind of put all the pieces in perspective and uh i think it's going to be a show that we'll be able to talk about and write about for a long time absolutely i agree i always told myself that 
as soon as the show finished ending, I'm going to start a complete rewatch. I'm probably just going to do like an episode a day for the next year, pretty much. Um, that would work out to me. <laughs> skip, a, skip a few holidays, maybe. Um, and, I, and I always planned to do that. Um, I even considered like maybe just like streaming it or something. Who knows? But the main thing <laughs> now is like I'm going to see so much now looking back even more I think than we saw before like we were always looking we always saw things um, but I think now with with the power of hindsight we'll be able to see even more things and give even the things that we're used to seeing so much more context and so much more feeling now oh my god so much like even just going back and looking like I've got a lot of gifts on my phone it's kind of embarrassing but um, <laughs> even just look, flicking through them and looking at the old stuff and going like just knowing that yeah that Cass is definitely in love with Dean it's just <laughs> mind-blowing you so are the good. gift queen like for anybody who doesn't personally know Ellen um <laughs> the number of times I've literally messaged her I've been like I need this and within seconds <laughs> she yeah. just she comes back with it and there are others who are, are a lot better organized with it than I am like I think some people on the profound bond server are like absolutely amazing with their gift stuff that they've got going but yeah it's it's like a, a niche but very important fandom skill really <laughs> like gift organizing is right up there we need those people <laughs> uh -huh. and the people who make the gifts are absolute legends thank you so much so i guess i was gonna say what does this mean for for writing fanfic in an age where our ship has just become canon um I mean, business as usual, really, to be honest. Like, we're still going to keep writing our own yeah, version of it. Yeah, I think if anything, if anything, more options, because we can still do canon divergent from before this happened, if we have a particular thing that we'd like to see, or just a, an idea that we'd like to explore. Um, AUs, I don't think, are going to change particularly. Yep. Um, but then we've also got this, this canon route that we can take it now. Um, so I think it just gives us more options, if anything. <laughs> and we've got a beautiful speech that we can use uh, if we want to use the canon words. Yep. Which numbers here? How many times have we watched that each before <laughs> since oh, Thursday? Oh, no. I could only do it one extra time because it made me <gasps> so really? sad. No, it I'm just, surprised. Oh, my God. I, I hardly ever cry when I'm watching TV, but... Every time I've watched bits of that in the last few days, I've just been like, Ooh. oh, I had to watch it. And I watched just that scene several times more than yeah. my shipper husband came home and obviously demanded that we watch it again because um, uh. he hadn't seen it. Um, and so I, I think I'm probably up to like 30 watches oh my of God, that scene wow. by now. <laughs> Well, I've watched a, like a load of fan vids. Like a lot of people have made really gorgeous videos um, of not just that scene, but like you know multiple mm -hmm. sort of moments throughout the whole se series. So yeah, there's been some really really beautiful ones out there. Um, I will put together a post of those at some point because I want to have them all in one place. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I... if you feel like crying, go and watch a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, this beautiful. fandom loves crying. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, it's basically We've, our we've been crying for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, um, I guess, you know, we've got two episodes left to go. Um, 
in the in the sort of spirit of continuing to write fan fiction, um, you know, separate and from the show and of the show. Um, in our next episode, we are planning to talk about fix that um, that are about the ending, um, happy endings, uh, alternative endings. I think you called them curtain fix. Yeah, as well. curtain fix is a great way of doing it. So just give us that that happy domestic time when all is said and done. <laughs> so at that time, we'll either be like, you know, we'll be in two camps. We'll either be really upset by what's happened at the end <laughs> or we'll be having parties in the streets and excited about what they've given us. Um, by the sound of it, it's going to rip our hearts out all over again. But you yeah, know, I think no matter what happens, that will be true. Yep. Yep. Godspeed. And <laughs> we're going to get through this. <laughs> Um, just have your have your shipping friends around you and we can hold each other up, right? Yeah, we've been holding each other up for years and we need each other more than ever right now. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say, it's actually quite a sweet note to end on. So. It is, isn't it? Well, on that note, we um, have to say a big thank you to Follow Your Energy, Mary, for coming today. Thanks for coming to talk to us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, so if you uh, if you have any feedback for us, if you want to tell us whether you enjoyed the fix that we've talked about today, um, you can contact us. Um, you can email us, contact at uh, mixtapebookclub.com, or you can find us on um, all of the different social medias um, at Mixtape Book Club. Thank you very much for listening, <laughs> and we'll talk to you again soon. And remember, everybody, in fanfic, and possibly even in canon, too, the story is over when we say it is. Mm-hmm.